that as you listen to this message, you will not only be challenged, but changed. Our desire here at Heart Seas Family Life Church is to see people grow and develop in their walk with God, for all to enter into His best for their lives. For more information in regards to the church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We pray that you will be blessed. any of you have been concerned? Oh, no one. Good. Well, I'm just preaching to myself today. But you know what? I found myself concerned and, and God really just challenged me in this realm and I, I'm going to deliver this message to you like I believe God delivered it to me. And the title of the message today is What Concerns You? What Concerns You? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you today that no matter what concerns us, God, you're able And God, I pray today that, God, you would speak through me. God, may I just be a mouthpiece, God, that you could use. That, God, through the words I say, God, it would touch a heart. God, give us ears to hear. God, give us openness and clarity, God, to be able to receive your word. God, your word which is life. Your word which is truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Perhaps today we live in a time where there are more concerns than ever before. People are concerned. People are perplexed. People are afraid. People are worried. People are literally consumed with the concerns which they have. I looked up the word concern in the dictionary and there was four definitions that was actually given. So I wrote down every four. So listen to them. The word concern means to have to do with. So we're concerned about things that have to do with us. So what else is the definition of concern? It means to make anxious or cause to worry or trouble. To be troubled, to be worried, to be anxious or uneasy. And it also means a troubled state of mind. Concern is a real issue that even as children of God today, even of people of faith today, we still face in our lives. What I decided to do was, I decided to get some sermon materials and I decided to email a few people and I asked them the question, what concerns you right now? What are some of the concerns that you face in your life? Now, some of the concerns are general. Some are very more, or others are more specific and personal. But they're all concerns. Let me read out a few of the concerns that I received back this past week. My kids' future. The fact that the world is in such a downfall. I'm concerned because I think the end of the world is near. I'm concerned that there seems to be very little respect for God's house today. How many people talk during service, children running around, and the fact that people don't even see the need to come. I'm concerned of the fact that people have forgotten what it means to serve. I'm concerned that there is little perseverance in people when they are faced with adversity. I'm concerned that there's very little humility today. People need to know that they're not better than everyone else. That they're not above 
those that they are around. I'm concerned today of a father who has just witnessed his wife up and leave him, her job and her children and move to another state. I'm concerned for my finances. I'm concerned for my children. I'm concerned for a pregnant girl who is due in nine weeks and is having severe problems. I'm concerned because I find myself oftentimes too busy for God. That I find myself too tired and fail often to see the need for being in His house. I'm concerned today how people have labelled alcohol. How it's become so acceptable and okay where I personally see absolutely nothing positive in it whatsoever. I'm concerned as I look and realise that people need to toughen up as people are so easily offended and have become oversensitive. I'm concerned today because of money. I'm concerned today because of relationships. My family. The state of the church was supposed to be his bride without spot or wrinkle, but I'm concerned at the state of the church. I'm concerned because of the end times. Time is drawing to a close rapidly. I'm concerned of what my role is going to be and what it is during these end times. I'm concerned of the fact why our country has been taken over by American haters. I'm concerned whether I'll have security in my job. I'm concerned because I wonder if my family will ever get saved. Concerns. 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 And the list goes on. I know right now if I was to ask every one of you in here, what are you concerned about? I don't believe it would take much thought for many people to write at least three things that are of concern, that are troubling them, are bothering them, something that they're facing at this time. But today we are living in a time where people around us are literally being consumed. By their concerns. As I began to think about concerns and that which we face, I began to think that concerns can maybe be broken down or placed into two areas. The first area of concern I want to label as neglect. The second area of concern we're just going to call life. Life. What do I mean by the first concern of neglect? Because I have realised that you and I can be concerned for things that we have within our power and ability to change. So therefore we label it as neglect because we're concerned about things that we're doing really nothing about. Now how many would agree that's pretty silly to be concerned about something that you have the power to do something about? Come on, how many would agree? But you know what? We do it. 
We're concerned about things that we have within our power. Think about this, finances. Finances is a big concern for many people. If you haven't faced it now, you're probably going to face it shortly. Why? Because finances are something that seem to concern and consume many, if not every household or every person in America or throughout this world at some time or other. So am I concerned financially because of life or am I concerned financially because of neglect? What do I mean by that? Am I doing everything that I need to be doing right financially? Am I living outside of my means? So many people today are living outside of their means and as a result they're concerned about how they're going to pay the bills, where the money... Listen, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to tell you this. If there is more going out than coming in, you've got problems. And we get so concerned, bent out, oh, what am I going to do? What am... You see, we've got to start realising what's coming in before we make the decisions of what's going to go out. Well, our neighbour just got a new car. Well, good on them. Well, they just bought a new house. They just got new stuff. Well, good on them. Let them worry about how they're going to pay the bill. My grandfather used to say this, a big car does not mean big money. A big car just means a big payment. A big debt. And we label that and we look and say, well, I've got to have this and I've got to have... Listen, I'm trying to help you today that there are many concerns that we face in our life that within our power to do something about it. If you're living outside of your means, you've got to change. Because we pray and we ask God. But one thing I realise from God's Word is God says stewardship. You know what stewardship is? Stewardship is taking care of something that's not yours but someone else's. Everything you have, God has given it to you. Are we being a good steward with what God has given into our keeping? We've got to live within our means. Are we paying our tithes? You knew I was going to hit this one when we were talking about finances. I'm telling you right now, someone pulled me aside just about three weeks ago and said, Pastor Philip, I've got no money to pay my tithes. What should I do? I said, listen to me. But I said, as hard as this may sound, if you've got not enough to make it by, you better start including God into your finances. Well, should I pay my tithes? I said, you better believe it. Do you realize that tithing is an act of faith? We're going to talk more about tithing in a few more weeks. We're going to talk about the blessed life that every one of us can live through God. And I believe that comes through giving to God. But tithe is an act of faith. Tithe is, a, in fact, if you look at most of the time, and this isn't my notes, but we're just going to give you a bonus today. Most of the time, when you read of or hear of tithing in the Word of God, it's tithing before breakthrough comes. It's tithing before you get the raise. In fact, the Bible talks about first fruits, and first fruit they would take if their animal had a little baby goat, if it was a goat and it had a baby goat, or if their cow had a baby calf. The firstborn of that animal, the Bible says, was God's. They gave to God before that cow was able to have another calf. That cow could have got hurt and been unable to have any more calves, but even still, they said, no God, the first fruits, that's yours. But I'm telling you right now, as they gave first fruits, as they gave the firstborn, God blessed their lives. It was an act of faith. Many of us say, well, I'll give to God when I get the pay rise. I'll give to God this. Listen, tithing is an act of faith. But you see, we concern ourselves, but yet we don't include God into our finances. Hello? When we tithe, we're including God into every area of our lives. We're saying, God, you're first. 
Come on, you're my first fruit. You're what's most important in my life. And as you begin to do that, God's going to bless you. Now, I know that we can be doing everything with the example that we've used today financially. We can be doing everything right. We can be living in a budget. We can be paying our bills, paying our tithes. We can be doing all these things right and we can still have concerns. Because things come up. Life has its way of dealing us some things. But you know what? If we're doing things right, it's a less of an issue than if we're doing things wrong. Okay? Many, of, many people in the church today are out of control with their spending, but yet pray that God will meet their needs. God's already met the needs, they just let it go through their fingers. Come on, be careful. They're out of control with their spending and charging, and now as a result they can't sleep because of an eviction notice. They can't sleep because their power's been turned off. They can't sleep because their car's been repoed. Concerns, concerns, concerns. You will have concerns and I will have concerns if I'm not living right. If I'm not doing right. And there's many more concerns that we can have as a result of neglect. That was just financially. That was just one of them. But then we can also be concerned, which I want to call the concerns of life, that no matter what we do, the concerns are still there. In other words, there are concerns that are out of our control. Does anyone know some concerns that's out of your control? I mean, the Gulf oil spill is out of our control. No matter what I can do, it's still out there. Come on, it's out of my control. There's concerns that are without of my control. And I don't want to take time today just to itemize or spell out to you what concerns are of neglect and what concerns are of life because hopefully every one of you realize those and understand those. But I'm going to say something that may almost sound contradicting at first, but bear with me. Not all concerns are a bad thing. Concern in itself is not totally wrong. There is such a thing as good concern. And I know that sounds kind of crazy and and kind of out there, but there are such things as good concern. There are certain things that require of us special attention. For us to be concerned about them, we are to consider the facts and we are then to be concerned, perhaps, about those things. Let me give you an example. I'm concerned today about my children's education. When I talk about being concerned about my children's education, I'm concerned in the thought of this. I want them to have the best opportunities educationally. I want them to have the best teachers. I want them to have the greatest opportunities. I want them to be in the right school. I want them to be around the right environment. That's not a sin. Is that a sin to be concerned like that for my children? To want the best for their lives? That's not a sin, but rather my role as a father and as a parent, that's my responsibility to be concerned in that realm. So when we're looking at concern, there are good concerns. But we've got to watch for what reason? Because concern, if left unchecked, can begin to consume me. 
It can begin to consume me to the, pa- to the place that then it becomes wrong. Why? Because I get myself so worried to the point that I'm literally destroying myself. Read, I think it's Matthew chapter 6. It talks about when you've got worry in your life, worry will do nothing to your life apart from deplete your life. The Bible says worry will never add to your life. So we've got to watch that our concern does not grow into worry. Why? Because you know what worry will do? It will take all hope out of every situation. It will take all hope out of every situation. Listen to me. Worry removes God's ability to be able to handle it. Because now you don't trust Him anymore. You may say, well, Pastor Philip, I do trust Him. I just doubt Him a little bit. Hold on a second. If you're doubting Him, you're not trusting Him. Wow, that was overwhelming. Knock me down with that response. Let me say that again. If you're doubting Him, you're not fully trusting Him. And the Bible says that if we've got doubt in our lives, there's a result of doubt that there's going to be concern in our lives. Because the Bible says we're going to be up and down. We're going to be in and out. We're going to be driven. We're going to be like the winds and the waves of the sea. We're going to be driven. Why? Because we don't trust Him. I want you to listen to these words, if you would, this morning. What a friend! We have in Jesus all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pains we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Can you picture today that one who's so concerned that they're not giving their concerns to God, but they're holding on to them? Have we trials and temptations? Is there troubles anywhere? The preacher who tells you that you give your life to Christ and you'll never have no more problems is a liar. You're going to have trials, you're going to have temptations, but notice there's still hope in the middle of them. We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful? Who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care? Precious Saviour, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do your friends despise, forsake you? Take it to the Lord in prayer. In His arms, thank God, He'll take and shield you. You will find a solace there. Blessed Saviour, Thou hast promised, Thou wilt all our burdens bear. May we ever, Lord, be bringing all to Thee in earnest prayer. Soon in glory, bright, unclouded, there will be no need for prayer. Raptured praise and endless worship will be our sweet portion there. The hymnist never denies the fact that there will be reason for concern. The hymnist never denies the fact that there are going to be troubles and there are going to be hardships in life. But what does he say over and over again should be our response. What should we do? What do we do with those things? What do we do with the concerns? What do we do with life? We've got to give them to our friend. 
we can take them to a God. A God who is more than able. Your concerns are real today. But so is your God. Your concerns may be real today because hopefully we've realised that the concerns of neglect we can take care of, but the other stuff that's out of our control, it's okay because it's not out of His control. That He is more than able. Look at Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. It says these words, Be anxious for nothing. I love that. Be anxious for nothing. I mean, He just spells it out right there. Whatever it can be comes under the nothing today. So whatever it may be, children, don't be anxious for your kids. Don't be anxious for your finances. Don't be anxious for your future. Don't be anxious for your health. Don't be anxious for, for what's happening in this world with the terrorism. Don't be anxious about the oil spills. Don't be anxious. The Bible says that we should not be consumed with these things. Why? Because what? In everything, by prayer, good to God. Give it to God. Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request, your concerns... Be made known to God. And I love verse 7. Say with me, and the peace of God. Come on, say that with me, and the peace of God. Come on, just take a big deep breath in today and just let it out and go, ah, ah. That's the peace of God. That's the peace of God. Have you ever had a circumstance and a situation and the answer came through and you just went, ah. That's the peace of God that's able to take care of whatever concerns you today. My God is able. And the peace of God which goes beyond your understanding or lack of it. Did you catch that? goes beyond your understanding, or many times the lack of your understanding. But thank God He can go beyond. What can go beyond? The peace that people can look and say, how can you have peace amidst such trying times? What a friend I have in Jesus. Come on, have I sorrows and temptations? Is there troubles everywhere? I can take them to a friend which surpasses all understanding. No, this is, will God your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. We need a guard on our heart. We need a guard today on our mind. That word guard there literally means this, that God is going to set a watch like a sentry. Have you ever seen, I know in England we have them, they're called the beef eaters at the Tower of London and then we have the other soldiers that have the big black woolly hats. Have you seen those? And they stand with the red suits and they stand there and every so often they'll come out of that little hut and they'll turn and they'll march backwards and forth. They're on sentry duty. They're protecting, they have a weapon. If someone comes across the line, they can act. And I'm telling you right now, if you step in their way when they're marching, they will not stop. They will march all over you. How do I know that? <laughs> I saw it happen. There you go. But there's a century. God says, amidst all the turmoil that's going on today and all the concerns that we can have in life, God says that He can set a century. Someone who's keeping watch to guard and protect you from any onslaught that the enemy may throw your way. Come on, any concern, any stuff, God says, I can guard your mind. I can guard your heart. For what reason? That that thing will not consume you, that will remove all hope from your life, that you'll look in despair and say how, but instead you'll be able to say, God, 
God, you're able. Listen to what those same verses say in another translation. It says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And listen, the word prayer there, in Greek and any other language, is not translated gossip. Just wanted you to know that. So, don't worry about anything. In everything, pray. Not gossip to everyone about what's going on. Come on. In everything, take it to God in prayer. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. Don't you love that? Tell Him what you need and thank Him for what He's done. In other words, don't focus on what you need. Focus on what He's already done. Verse 7. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will guard your heart and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Those words, in Christ Jesus, there in the Word of God, are speaking about the victory that He wrought for us as He died and as He rose again. The victory for us. Every time you see in Christ Jesus, that speaks of the power that we have as believers because of what He did. His victory. You see, today, Doug, you can either keep your concerns or you can give them. We can keep our concerns or we can choose to give them. I know there are things, I'll just be honest with you, that I'm burdened about. When I talk about burdened about, I'm beyond concern. I don't like to admit that because, you know, as a pastor, we would like to stand up and say that we never have any questions, never have any doubts. But you know what? Can't do that. That's why I always say we've got a clear plexiglass pulpit because we're not hiding behind the pulpit in this church. We're just real. We face the same struggles that every one of you face. And as I began to think as I was preparing the message about things that I'm burdened about, and things that I'm concerned about. The things that some days it feels like I just can't shake and break through. I began to write down or began to sit and think, how can I write what I feel in those moments? And here's what I wrote down. It's never that I don't trust God. It's just I can't see how he can do it. As strange as that may sound, I think I heard a lot of amens right there because I think a lot of us are in the same boat. It's not really that we don't trust God. It's just our stinking thinking comes into play and all of a sudden we try to reason everything out and we try to figure it out in our minds. Come on now. It's incredible. I was just reading the other day, yesterday actually, about Joshua, that he's in the middle of a battle and Joshua just says out of the blue, hey, by the way, God, can you hold the sun? And the Bible says, read it for yourself, it says that God held the sun for nearly a whole day. And I'm thinking to myself, hold on a second, Joshua just said, hold the sun, and God did it. And we look at our situations and we think, how can God do it? If God can hold the sun. And you know what else I was reading in this story? I thought it was pretty incredible. As they were chasing the enemy out of the blue, the Bible says that hailstones fell from heaven and killed more people than they killed with the sword. I mean, he didn't even pray for hailstones and God sent them anyway and wiped out thousands and thousands of people. And I'm thinking, hold on a second, in the middle of a desert place, in the middle where it's sunny and hot and all of a sudden hail falls and they must have been some big suckers. Because these people were armoured and it killed them. 
But you see, there's another miracle, isn't there? They were fighting amongst people. And how come the hail just hit the enemy and didn't hit the children of God? I can't figure that out in my mind. Come on, I don't have all the answers for that, but by faith I'm just going to say, God, you did it. Why, did I can, why can I believe that God did it? Because it's in his word. But why can't I believe that God's still able to do it for me now? I trust you, God. But I just don't see how you're going to do it. Do I have a witness in the house today? God, you know, how can you do it when I've just lost my job? And how can you do it when... I thank God that he has a way of bringing our lives back to perspective. If you haven't had that experience in your life yet, then you will one day. How many knows that God can bring your life back into perspective real quick? God has his way of setting you straight if you'll just be willing to listen. I was reading Monday morning from Psalms 138. And this scripture jumped out at me to the point that I repented and I cried out to God and I said, God, why should I ever be burdened? Why should I be ever concerned? Why should I ever not trust you? I get mad at myself when I don't trust God. Come on, I'm just being honest with you today. I get really mad at myself when I find myself not being able to trust God through the situations and the circumstances. I get mad when I begin to let my circumstances be bigger than my God I serve. But God had his way of just slapping me upside the head, turning my head, straightening me up and saying, Philip, would you stop and listen? And this verse jumped out of the page at me and it says, the Lord. I love the words, the Lord. That means the one who's in charge of my life. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. God wasn't interested in me going through all the list of all these things. God just said, whatever's concerning you, Philip, I'm able to take care of it. Come on, I think some people in this house need to hear this today. I've just got a sneaky suspicion that there's some people in here that have got some concerns that you just need God to step in and just take over today. Say with me, God will complete it all. He'll take care of it all. Come on, that's what his word says. God will take care of, he will complete, he will perfect whatever it is that I'm concerned about today. That word perfect means to bring to an end, to finish, to accomplish, to come to an end. God will complete it. God will take care of it. In fact, this word is a verb that occurs five times in the Old Testament. Three times it's used in reference to something or someone being completely cut off or brought to an end. So whether it was a person that stood against the children, God just cut them off and brought it to an end, wiped them off, did whatever, he just took care of it right there and then. And twice it's used in reference to the completing and the finishing and perfecting work of God in every one of our lives. What do I mean by that? It's paralleled in these two scriptures. Are you ready? Philippians 1 verse 6, being confident of this very thing. He that has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 5 verse 10, But may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus after you have suffered a while. 
We could have missed that little bit out, couldn't we? I mean, come on. After you have suffered a while, what is he going to do? Perfect, establish, strengthen and settle you. Did you hear that today? I I get excited when I hear stuff like this. Because you know what God is telling me through these scriptures? God's telling me, Doug, he can take care of what's happening inside of me. And God can take care of what's happening around me. Come on. He'll complete me on the inside because I need a lot of complete and I need a lot of perfecting. But in the same regard, he can handle the circumstances. And the things that concern me around me. Come on, my God is not just limited to what happens inside of me. My God is able to take care of whatever happens around me. He says, in the midst of those trials, you may hurt for a moment, God says. But you know what? He says, I'm going to build you. That's what it says. I'm going to establish you. He says, I'm going to strengthen you and I will settle you. I will put you at peace. We must remind ourselves that if if God is in control, He's got it all under His control. The concerns I know are real. But listen to me, my God is realer. And you may say, well, there's no such word, and you're right, but this is my sermon, and there's going to be a word like that today. My concerns are real, but my God is much more real. Come on, He's greater than everything that I can face. He's able today. Come on, my God is able. You know what, I'm I'm not one to endorse tattooing. But you know, this would be a great tattoo to put across your forehead. What are you talking about? The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. That every time you looked in the mirror, every time you were down, every time you faced someone, you would be constantly reminded, hold on, the Lord. But you know what? We need to tattoo that in our hearts. We need to tattoo that in our person and begin to realise that. Come on, write it out. Put it on your mirror that when you're doing your hair in the morning or shaving your head, whatever you do in the morning, you can look at it and say, the Lord's going to take care of those things that concern me. Put it in your car that when you're driving and you get a call that your son or daughter's not doing too well and they've overdosed, that you can look at that and say, God, you promised you would take care of these things. Not only internally, but externally. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Listen to me, God's interested in what concerns you. God's interested, not so he can sit down and have a chat and cry with you about it. He's interested, why? Because he's interested as your deliverer. He wants to deliver you from those things. He wants to deliver you. One other scripture and then we're going to close this morning. I'm going to give you two lessons to learn to help you through your concerns. Two lessons to learn. And you know, as I was writing these down, I'm glad there's just two, because if there were six or seven, I may not get to the end. Because you know what? Sometimes your concerns just over us. But I thought, hey, two lessons. Surely every one of us would be able to do two things. Turn with me to Mark chapter 5, if you could. Mark chapter... Actually, Mark chapter 4, I apologise. Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 41. We're going to read a few verses here. Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 41. And you can follow on the screen because Tammy's always been so good to put it up there for us. Thank you, Tammy. Mark 4, verse 35 and 41. Jesus said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Verse 36. 
Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. Verse 37. And a great windstorm arose, something that they were concerned about. And the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling up. I love this, verse 38. But he was in the storm, asleep on a pillow. And they woke him and they said to Jesus, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? Then he arose and he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Verse 40. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Can you permit me this morning just to retranslate that verse in my own words? Jesus says to his disciples, How come you see the concerns and you know their reality, but yet you can't see me? And you fail to see me as your deliverer. Let me read that verse again according to my take. How come you can only see the concerns and their reality, but yet you fail to see me and the fact that I'm your deliverer? Isn't it sad that we believe the fears more than we believe the ability of our God? That's what Jesus said, didn't he? Why are you so fearful? Why didn't you trust me and have faith? Verse 41, and they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be? That would be a great sermon title there. Who can this be? Let me tell you something. He's an incredible God. Who can this be? What? That even the winds and the waves obey him. Here's the two lessons we must learn through the concerns we face in life. Lesson number one. You must trust what God has told you to do. You must trust what God has told you. You must trust His promises for your life. What His Word declares, He will do for those who serve Him. If you don't know what the promises are that we need to trust in and place our hope in, why not start reading your Bible? And you may say, well, that's kind of a little bit rude. But I'm telling you right now, every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse and every line. That's a song we used to sing in Sunday school. Why? Because all God's promises for every one of us are in this book. You see, the reason why concerns consume us is because we don't have the promise to bring us through. What do you mean? We don't have the promise. So instead of focusing in on the promise that God says, we rather focus on the concerns. Here's a good promise for you. Can I give you a good promise today? We read it in verse verse 35. Jesus said to him, let's go over to the other side. You may say, that's a promise. Sure is, because they had a storm. They didn't think they were going to make it. But what did Jesus say? We're going to go to the... What an incredible promise, Mike, for my life, for your life. 
that Jesus said, I'm going to make it to the other side. That is absolutely incredible. That means no matter what faces me, God says, I'm going to make it to the other side if I keep trusting him. That's an incredible promise. That's a promise that you should be screaming, running this church, shouting amen, jumping, leapfrogging over people and saying, that's mine, that's mine, that's mine. We're going to make it to the other side. Have you ever felt you're not going to make it to the other side? Jesus said, we're going to make it. Come on, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. Tammy Faye Baker used to sing a song, You can make it. You can make it. This trial you're going through, God's going to show you just what to do. You can make it. Sometimes you may have to fake it. That's not her word. They're my words. But you can make it. Come on, I said you're going to make it to the other side. You've got to be reminded of the promises. Jimmy and Kayla, you need to be reminded of the promises of God for baby Carson. You're going to make it to the other side. Come on, you need to be reminded when the enemy says cancer. You need to be reminded of the promises of God and say, hey, there's another side to this cancer. Come on, God's in control. He's going to perfect that which concerns me. And really, that's a good one that can be paralleled into Psalms 23, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear because, God, you're with me. Come on, it's a through walk, Doug. We're going to make it to the other side. If we just keep trusting God. That's a promise for you. Listen to me. There's not a big enough concern or wave in this story that can take you under no matter how threatening they may appear. What God has promised you, stand on it. It may not keep you from getting scared and you may get a little wet, but let me tell you something, it's going to keep you from sinking. Disciples got wet, they got a little scared, but they sure didn't go down, did they? We may get wet, we may get scared at times, but let's remind ourselves what God has promised us. Hold on to that. And lesson number two, you must remind yourself who's in the boat with you. Who's in the boat with you? Who's doing life with you? You know, it's amazing if God could calm a storm, Sandy, that means God can also prevent a storm from happening. Well, if God's really a God of love, why doesn't he just stop the storms from happening in my life? A number of times I've heard that. Why did God create a Satan? that could tempt us and destroy us. God can stop the storms from happening. But listen to me. It's oftentimes through His answer, through Him answering and coming to the aid of our concerns, every one of them, as He permits these things to happen in our lives, that what? He can show you and I that we don't have a problem or a concern that He is not able to solve. Come on, if we've never been through a trial, we would never know we have a God that's able to bring us through. Come on, if we'd never been through a dark night, we would never realize there's a light God and a God that is able. What are you saying? No matter the concern, God allows things to happen. For what reason? That He could show His glory in your life and show you that there's not a problem or a concern that He cannot solve. Oh, you may feel powerless in this situation because most of the time we do. But he reminds us he's not. He's not. He's not. And, say with me, and. And when I go through those experiences, I'm going to come out on the other side knowing him in a way that I have never 
known him before. Come on, as we learn these lessons, we're, going, we're coming out stronger on the other side. Come on, we're coming out stronger on the other side. So what concerns you today? Nothing my God can't handle. Oh, if it's neglect, you better start doing your part. But if it's out of your control, listen to me. Nothing's too big for my God. I'm not going to be discouraged. I'm not going to be afraid. Nothing's too big for God. Come on, we've got to trust Him today. Trust Him today. Your concerns are real. But remember, your God is realer. He's realer. He's real. He's able. Would you stand to your feet this morning? If there's neglect in your life, then you better be concerned. But when you're doing everything you can, and life's concerns still come, nowhere to place them. What a friend we have. What a friend we have in Jesus, who's able to do everything. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed in his place. like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heartseas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.